This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Morning Majlis podcast. Pulse 95. Join the conversation with the Morning Majlis indeed, uh, catching up with the developments from Niger this time round. It is uh, the world of politics and developments, of course, in terms of what's happening, because there was a deadline uh, to restore the previous government. And that deadline now has passed. And as a result, the updates are that the Niger's junta is going to uh, shut the airspace uh, and uh, there is there were obviously threats of a military intervention uh, and uh, the junta spokesperson said that Niger's armed forces are ready to defend the country all of this happened after the president was detained on it on the 26th of July by the very same people who are tasked with protecting him and that's the presidential guard and that commander proclaimed himself as the new leader. Western powers and the EU have all uh, been critical of this, but there are thoughts that the Wagner Group has, has, has voiced their support for this coup. And of course, it's got the global interest uh, towards the developments in that country. Well, that country happens to be one of the poorest countries mm. in the world. Um, Niger and uh, what you know some people don't understand why was there a coup to begin mm. with so the military said that it seized power because of its um, insecurity and the economic situation that it that was happening but there have been also suggestions it came after reports the coup leader was about to be sacked uh, now it is feared that the military may seek to switch allegiance to Russia and uh, close French and U.S. bases there for their part. And, of course, Niger's neighbors, they have threatened to use force to end this coup. But after, um, you know, after the coup happened, it took a, a different course. The United States and France, they threatened to cut ties with Niger, uh, endangering hundreds of millions of dollars in aid. Uh, the deposed president, uh, Mohamed Bazoum, Though detained, was able to speak with world leaders, receive visitors, and also post messages on social media. As I said, neighboring countries, they threatened to go to war, some to basically scuttle the the coup and others to ensure its success. Also, the economic community of West African states, which happens to be a regional bloc of countries known as ECOWAS, issued an ultimatum to the junta on the 30th of July saying restore Mr. Bazoum to power within one week or face the consequences, including possible military action. Just soon after, uh, the neighboring countries of Mali and Burkina Faso, they leaped to the junta's defense. They declared that they would consider any foreign move against uh, Niger as a declaration of war against them too. Guinea also supported uh, Niger's military, but without the threat of force. And what set off... um, the coup remains unclear, but in, in contrast with other recent takeovers in West Africa, which were largely greeted with shrugs, uh, Niger's coup has become a red line for many, including Western allies. And that's why thousands of American and French troops are stationed in Niger to help fight the surge in many attacks across that region. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if you... Uh Look at what Abdel Fattah uh, Moussa, the ECOWAS Commissioner for Political Affairs, Peace and Security, did state that all the elements that will go into uh, any eventual intervention have been worked out here, including the resources needed, the how and when we are going to deploy the force. 
He further added that we want diplomacy to work and we want this message clearly transmitted to them being Niger's junta. Now that um, the message is that we are giving them every opportunity to reverse what they have done. Speaking about this coup, it has really affected the locals uh, across the region of Niger because residents living in multiple cities like Niamey, Miradi and Zinda have power uh, for about an hour at a time before it has switched off for up to five hours. These power cuts are happening potentially uh, are potentially happening because of Nigeria cutting them now because Niger do rely on Nigeria for up to 70% of its electricity supply but since ECOWAS have stepped in Nigeria have been um, walking away and, and have not actually put a comment out on these power cuts but um, it does seem like Nigeria uh, don't want to be involved. Well, the thing is that it really is important, Niger. It's it's um, why is it so important that we're talking about this, and why is it so significant? Because first of all, first of all, Niger happens to be the largest country in West Africa, uh, has a huge regional significance, uh, has a vital um, gateway between the Sahel and the rest of the continent, and it's a critical battleground in the fight against terrorism and a focus for regional and international security efforts as well. And Niger possesses significant natural resources, uh, with uranium being its most notable asset as well. And after so many coups, like five of them, ECOWAS heads of state, they want to prevent a contagion effect in their own countries. And some of the world's poorest people live actually in West Africa, that region. And there are actually many uh, disaffected citizens demanding regime change. So. ECOWAS needs to be seen to act decisively to quell any other uh, military takeover attempts. But now the biggest concern remains the ever-present threat of insurgency. Uh, and terrorists, they may seize the opportunity to basically launch attacks if regional forces are preoccupied with action in Niger. Yeah, I mean, Niger was, their democratic system was seen as a, um, as a as a role model for that region as well, because obviously after years and years of military rule, they finally had some form of stability when it comes to democratic transition. Um, but yeah, of course, with that uranium, 7% of the global supplies coming from this country, of course, it plays a very important role uh, and the presence of the bases. And of course, uh, the, um, the, the last resistance against um, Russian, ever-growing Russian influence in the region, because after Burkina Faso and Mali, who are also battling that same insurgency, fell uh, to the military rules, uh, they've actually drifted a little bit towards um, or tilted towards Moscow. And uh, Niger, well, there are reports that they ever since, because it is quite a popular coup, um, they've been waving the Russian flag as well at the same time uh, with the with their national flag following the the coup announcements. One of the biggest reasons, of course, is the information that's out there. And uh, the previous president who was detained had also warned with the, uh, the with the situation of disinformation spread by the Wagner group about the current situation and about the fact that the military rule are going to be the ones who can actually tackle the insurgency and the democratic setup might seem a little bit weaker um, and, th and that's what's actually triggered it is it is quite it is a lot of um, power politics of course uh, a lot of influence uh, but it is 
this is one of the main reasons why we've got the global powers and global media coverage surrounding uh, Niger in particular because of the presence of those bases and because of the uh, the overarching situation uh, of uh, more regional influence. So that is what's happening over in Niger. We'll definitely be keeping a close eye on it because, of course, over the weekend they had a deadline to restore the previous government by Sunday night. That hasn't happened. What are the next steps? Only time will tell. Of course, we're all going to be closely watching the situation. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 7 a.m.